Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the NBA All-Star game is the book is in the books. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert make their first appearances. They both did just fine. Rudy Gobert did a little better than that. Donovan Mitchell with the seven points and five rebounds and four assists. That was fine. Looked a little nervous. Missed a lot of shots. Missed a layup early in the game and actually kind of looked up and shrugged his shoulders like, what is wrong with me? I mean, basically, early in the game, they were still playing no defense. He just missed a layup. Gobert, on the other hand, had uh, quite the impact on the game, blocking <clears throat> shot. I thought he blocked a couple, maybe just changed that Samantha shot, whatever. They threw him some alley-oops. He grabbed some offensive rebounds. He ended up with 21 points and 11 rebounds. That kind of sort of moves you into the MVP discussion. And then Kawhi Leonard scores 30, so he gets the MVP trophy. But whatever. They went there. They had a good time. They didn't embarrass themselves. Most importantly, Jazz fans, they didn't get hurt. They had a good time. They continued to build their reputations. Maybe they get a few more no calls or trips to the free throw line, right? Have the rep. You're an all-star. As far as the rule changes, uh, playing with no clock in the fourth quarter, there's actually some competition going on out there. And I know that's a low bar. Hey, look. They tried. But after a couple decades worth of, wow, they're not even trying, I guess. Hey, look, they tried. That's a step up. Low bar, but a step up nonetheless. All right, Tony Parks in Chicago was there as the guys made their post-game comments afterwards. Let's listen to Donovan Mitchell. Fans. Yeah, like this, like I said, I told everybody, I said, I'm a kid this weekend. You know, I'm not Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. I'm a 13-year-old kid, and that was just a kid in me, and I didn't care if I got a tech. You know, I'm just going to still wait at the free throw. What was it like stepping onto the court for the first time, and for that matter, like during your name call, during the announcement? Um, you said that might be the first time that you Yeah, honestly, the first time I got nervous or really, it really hit me that I was an All-Stars when we had the meeting with everybody there in one. You know, you grew up watching Ron, CP, uh, Westbrook, uh, James. Obviously, we're competing against these guys now. Um, to be on the same team as Giannis, you know, I think that's when it kind of hits you that wow, this is your first one. You're here. You're among the, some of the best guys in the league, and you know, you're one of them. So I think that was uh, pretty special for me. Donovan, you had a few moments where you're like getting back on defense, yeah. getting steals. Are there certain good habits that are just really tough to break with the team you play for I mean, and the I mindset? The first, the first quarter for me was just trying to get my legs. You know, I haven't done any basketball since the last game we played, so trying to find my leg. You see, I missed a dunk. I really didn't have much, but then. Uh, Second half, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be the hardest player on the, playing player on the floor. Appreciate that, by the way. Um, hardest playing player on the floor, you know, and um, went out there and did it and led by example. And I, I, I respect uh, Giannis and Kyle, those two guys specifically. Uh, they rose the level and picked up the intensity, even taking charges like that. That's, that's what uh, this game should be about. A lot of people question whether a player like Rudy belongs in a game like this that's typically an offensive showcase. What can you say about what he proved tonight? Um, I think... That they should shut up. I mean, like, if you look at his stat line, what do you have, 21 and, like, 12 or something? Like, you know, he's he's perfectly fine. He went out there and blocked shots, going to do his thing. You know, he can fit in any game. You know, people love to talk about, you know, oh, you know, maybe he's not this. And they've been doing that since I got here. You know, and one day they'll learn, you know, maybe never. And I always tell them, I say, look, if you have people saying what you can't do, you must be doing something right. You know, so continue to do that. And, you know, he's, he's I don't think it bothers him either. Yeah, a lot of people are motivated by a number of different things. And usually people tell the story about being motivated by, you know, somebody uh, being slighted. But how much are you and also Rudy galvanized by success and something um, like that? It's a, that's a tough thing. You know, you got to be able to balance it. You got to be able to make sure it doesn't become too much uh, of a feeling yourself. You know, we got to balance it correctly. And I think for me and for him, 
you know, we just go out there and understand that this is great. This is a great time, great weekend. But now we have a second half of the season. We got business to take care of. Uh, we're not done. Uh, we've the last two years we've lost in the second round, and that's where my focus is now. The buzzer went off. You know, the game's over. Uh, I enjoy it tonight, but when I let, uh, when I get home and get back to work. Um, it's, it's time. You know, rest and recover and get ready for it. What do, you, what do you take from this weekend, if anything, something you learn from different um, players that you can apply to that back half of the year? Honestly, the focus in this last quarter, you know, they pay attention to detail. I was playing, and under the coaching staff of the, the Toronto Raptors won the championship. So you see what makes Kyle Lowry a great leader. You know, uh, Pascal Siakam, Coach Nurse, being able to just take that, seeing how Kawhi Leonard took over in certain moments, you know, like being able to take that. Those guys are champions, you know, watching that from up close, I think was really, really uh, beneficial for myself. A little bit of I think it should just be a jump ball and like clear it out or something. Or that person has to go like one on one against you know I mean something. I, I don't I don't think free throw should be it. But like I said, I loved I loved the format. I thought it was really exciting. I think the fans and everybody got involved. So I have much to complain about. I mean we lost. So if we won on my hands it might be different. I thought he was before the game started. You know, I think that was just the mindset. He's not, like I said, he hears all the, the negative and all that stuff. He, he enjoys it, embraces it. Where it's like wears it like a cape and just went out there and hoops. Didn't get too much out of his comfort zone. He just kind of get out there and did what you did what he does well. And um, I, I respect that about him. I, like I said, I think we both kind of understood. You know, it's just our first time here, and you know, and we'll we'll change that as years to come for sure. What was the best part of the weekend for you? Outside of the game. Honestly, just being here, really, you know, being from Thursday to Sunday, being the all-star. You know, I'm here, I've been here as a dunk contest, but it's been a rising star, but like being an all-star, I think that's just the coolest thing. But like I said, you know, I had four days to enjoy it, four days to kind of maximize and kind of live it up. But now, like I said, it's time to, to get back to work. Uh, we got things to do. and um, But I think just being here, being at the events, going to community service things, I think it's pretty special. What are the, my friend would be in Brazil. Uh, could you send here a message for your fans? Uh, what's up, everybody in Brazil? Uh, I appreciate you guys' support. Um, and thank you for all you guys do for me. And I'm going to keep going out there and, and doing my thing. Appreciate the support. What are you looking forward to most in getting back to work with your teammates and in that battle in the West that will be incredible? Um, the biggest thing, honestly, I think is just for us to do what we do, you know, continue to pick up where we left off and just be able to defend. We did, we did that at a high level, you know, against... Um, Miami, you know, it's a great place to leave off. We ended on fourth straight, so we got to go out there and continue to defend. Let the offense take care of itself. It's going to be amazing. You know, hopefully, you know, we're in there. Both of us are um, going out there and do our thing. But you know, I think a weekend like this in Salt Lake is big for the big for the state, and and I think it's going to be uh, something really special. There is Donovan Mitchell. Now here's Rudy Gobert after his 21.11 rebound performance. Did you get an explanation of why? Not really, but you know, we just had to have a good time, and uh, I thought the guys in the fourth played play great. So you know, we didn't win, but we were very close to win. Did you enjoy the new format? How much fun was it as a player? I didn't get to enjoy the first one, so I don't know. But uh, you know, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. I think uh, you know, as the game went on, guys, you know, started to play a little more intense, and you know, and uh, it was a very close game. Not really, not really, you know, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't a starter, so obviously, uh, you know, it wasn't coach to put the guys that wanted to put at the end, and, uh, 
I thought we had a very good lineup down the stretch. What was better, the uh, sequence against Davis and Dr. George or the dunk put back? Uh, the putback was pretty good. Uh, even myself, I wasn't sure I was going to get that one. Well, what about this experience? Was the way you thought it would be? And what about this experience was different than maybe what you were expecting? I think you made it a little different because of the format. You know, and, uh, and we were counting. We were trying to win every quarter compared to just trying to win the game. But, you know, it was, it was fun. It was just playing basketball with, uh, you know, uh, some very good players. And, you know, and the fans, the, the the energy was amazing. It was, it was fun. Rudy, you are the guy who's motivated by all sorts of different things. How much of this experience and then also the nod to be an all-star galvanizes you uh, in your work going forward the rest of the year? I think it's great to be here, to be a part of this. You know, and uh, you know, I, I want to be one of the best players in the world. You know, so obviously, I want to be, I want to be here every year, and uh, and you know, I want my team to win a championship. Those are two things that you know that. You know, that go kind of go together. You know, I want to keep having my team win games, and uh, and hopefully I get to in, to enjoy uh, each All Star every year. I know it's an exhibition, but was there anything you picked up from any of the other guys out there that you could put in the back of your mind to help your team going forward in that way? Well, I think it's just a lot of things. You know, just be around uh, so many great players, uh, some guys that want a lot of, some guys that want championships, some guys that want you know a lot of things for the team, and they have a lot of experience. Uh, it's great. You know, it's great, and. Uh, just you just learn just being around these guys. Did you think, did you think that to have a double double and have the impact on this game that you had? It was fun. You know, I just wanted to, like I said, try to give a little show to the fans and uh, and try to help the team uh, try to get some wins and raise some money for the for the charity. So you know, it was uh, it was fun. It was very fun, and uh, you know, it's something that uh, hopefully I made my, my family and you know, people from France and, and the Utah Jazz proud. That's, that's all that matters. Like you gave your teammates a gift. What, what made you good? Want to, you know, give everybody something? I just wanted to to give to do a little something. I thought, you know, uh, I play in Utah, so wine is not really a good thing over there. But uh, for us, you know, in France, it's, it's something that you know, we take a lot of pride in, and I think the best wine in the world comes from France. So we, we try to do something really special and get them a, a bottle of great wine. Do you think that you? anything to, to the naysayers that your game was kind of all-star fit? I mean, uh, you know, people that say that my game is not, what is, what is all-star fit? You know what I mean? You know, just pleasing aesthetically, pleasing his eyes, you know. Get a nice haircut. Uh, I told him, aesthetically, yeah. Throw it off the backboard, dunk it, 15 crossovers. I think the fans love dunks, you know, dunks, blocks, uh, behind the back pass, I don't saw that one. You know, you know, I just try to go out there, have a good time. You know, the fans can think what they want to think. Uh, you know, I just want to enjoy myself and, you know, and make the people that, you know, support me proud. No, not really. I just came here to enjoy myself and, uh, like I said, you know, uh, try to show the people that, you know, that look out for me and my family, people from France, people from Utah. Just try to make them proud. Uh, it was fun. You know, it was fun. Uh, on the last one, I didn't think he saw me, but he got pretty good vision. You know, he, it was fun. At what point did you feel like you can head your game going? Uh, as soon as I stepped on court, you know, I just try to, like I said, you know, try to make the people proud and, uh, and try to have fun and, and try to raise some money for the kids. Something. No. I don't. I don't think you prove something on a 
in the All-Star game. I think you you prove something, you know, by winning championships and you know and doing things in your in your team. But uh, I definitely hope I made people, you know, people proud and uh, and I, I inspire the kids to one day tell themselves that it could be whoever they want to be. Rudy, after going through all this and experiencing it, what do you feel about it coming to Salt Lake now? Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. You know, I think the fans in Salt Lake uh, deserves it. I think the you know, they're really passionate about not just us, but about basketball in general. So uh, I think their energy is going to be amazing. All right, there's Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell at the All-Star game. They came, they saw, and if they didn't conquer, they didn't play in the fourth quarter, well, they quit themselves well, they appeared to have a good time, and they're healthy. So all of those are good things, right? All right, DJ and PK, more in a moment. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, we had Chris Hill in studio a little while ago, and we want to replay that for some of you early risers now, talking about the state of college athletics. We had him in, you remember a couple weeks ago, he was honored. They put the uh, the banner up for him in the Huntsman Center, honoring 31 years of service, using number 31, uh, 31 years as athletic director, an unbelievable run. That's like six times the national average. So it's great to talk to him about where college sports has been, where it's going. Now, subsequently to this interview, he, uh, we saw Colorado get their football coach hired away. Um, so when he talks about Power 5 coaches not getting hired away by other Power 5s, well, that hadn't happened yet. Uh, but still, interesting perspective from Chris. Here he is with PK and I. Former Utah Athletic Director Dr. Chris Hill in studio with us for the 9 o'clock hour. We've got a lot of different stuff to talk about. A little bit about the good old days. A little bit we want to borrow your vision to kind of uh, – See what you think of some of the headlines we're reading. Get your spin on it because there's probably parts of the puzzle that we are missing that you are dialed into. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're being honored at halftime of the Cal game and 31 years of service at the U. And I'm sure whenever Ute fans talk to you, everybody hits you up on what is the best memory? And there's (laughs) cool. And I've heard you talk on this before. And I know that one of your favorite memories is uh, the late Bruce Woodbury lying to you and Liz about swinging by his house because it was on the way. Yes. Because he was driving home from Laramie and he'd had enough, quite frankly, and he didn't want a five minute detour. No, no. So those personal moments behind the scenes, those are golden. Yeah. But I don't know that the public appreciates them as much. No, no, they The people in the circle Mm -hmm. thrive on those moments for years after that. It's a classic. Oh, yeah. That story will never die. Never die. Four o'clock in the morning, what do you know? (laughs) So that's kind of in the private sphere. Then in the public sphere, you've got, you probably get asked Final Four, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl, any of which were amazing. I mean, you got one Final Four in 50 years, that, that 98 trip. The the bust in the BCS literally was supposed to never happen, right? And yet it did, right? And then the Sugar Bowl, it certainly shouldn't happen no. twice in five no. years, and no. yet it did. So they're all amazing for their own reason. Does one stick with you more than the other? Uh, I would think the uh, boy, 
That's a tough question. There are games that are not in that exact group that stand out more on the way to that group. So you beating know, Arizona the, in regional finals? Beating Arizona was like, I turned to my wife and said, my hell, this is as big as it gets. And then we wind up going to the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. So it's hard. Uh, the Sugar Bowl game was maybe the most fun because we just came in and kicked them, and it was a blast. And the Fiesta Bowl was a little bit of different kind of pressure because here were the first people, oh, they don't deserve it, who's kidding who, you know, and we're playing Pittsburgh, and we wanted to play somebody bigger. So the only thing we could do is beat the heck out of them. And so you're sitting there going, man, if we win this game 21-10, everybody's going to say, oh, geez, you know. And we, we clocked them. And then the, ma- the Final Four was just magical because the best day in basketball ever is winning the semifinal game at the Final Four and having the next day off and you know seeing Basket. Stanford people with checks over their face and putting U- over their shirt and putting Utah. So, boy, they were they're just great days. Just I mean, boy, it's hard. I don't know. What do you think? What was yours? I <clears throat> uh, gotcha, huh? Yeah, yeah, probably probably the Sugar Bowl because I was more surprised by it than anything. I, I was pretty surprised by the Arizona game. Not so much that you won, but oh, it was my. so easy. Oh my god, you destroyed them. They, uh, they didn't yeah. know what to do with the triangle too. You pulled away, and it was. You know, I, I knew you might win. I would. I didn't pick you. I knew you might win that game. I never thought you were going to blow them off the floor. Yeah, they, did, they didn't have a lot of T-shirts to sell at the arena. Now, <laughs> you know. Well, well, I got to ask you guys a question. In during Urban's time, what was the? He and I were together this fall, and we were talking about what's the most significant win we had uh, in his two years. Now, this is just Urban Meyer and Chris Hill, so that doesn't really matter. Most well, significant win. Significant. Made it made us realize we could be somebody. <laughs> I think uh, shutting out BYU down there, 3 nothing. I thought it was the uh, – I remember talking to your longtime PR person, uh, Liz Abel, after you played A&M at home. Yeah. And annihilated them. And another one where I thought – I think it's underestimated how hard it is for people to come here. I think you can go through the Utah and BYU right. media guides. Right. And there are a lot of teams that have come here at Elevation and gotten beat. Uh, but they got beat pretty bad, and they were supposed to be pretty good, and they were all right. I think they ended up yeah. seven and four that year, something like that. Uh, and I remember asking her after the game, "Are they not as good as I thought, or are you much better than I thought?" And that summer, we'd already been talking about yeah. somebody came out. Was it Morgan? Maybe, but it was some player who said who's talking undefeated season. And at first, Urban was, "Oh, the media's learned him into," and then he's just spun on a dime and embraced it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, and so there was all this talk about going undefeated, and I still didn't think you were just gonna annihilate A&M like that. So I would say that game. Yeah, we both agreed uh, uh, totally that it was the Cal game his second year. His oh, first really? year. Prime where time. It was packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just exciting. It showed all. And and from that point on, it's like, boom. It was just history. So we And it was packed house and blah, blah, blah. Friday but that night. was only our opinion, which really wouldn't matter much. It was a Friday night. Yeah, I don't know what like, night it was. it was. I just remember no, it was, it was prime time. Night. It was down the right-hand side. And it was a weeknight. It was fabulous. It was so. a Friday night. Anyway. Yeah. Alex's first game, uh, the the Cal game. I remember watching it from mm. the uh, downtown uh, San Diego Marriott. Yeah, there you go. Because I was covering BYU and they were playing the next day, and you were getting your points, so it's good. I, absolutely, yes. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Team was staying there. Bingo, too. bingo. <laughs> yeah, but if they hadn't, I still would have. Yeah, yeah right. you still would have. <laughs> Uh, I remember you played Cal in Oregon. Like, in, was it either consecutive weeks or two weeks out of three? You had Pac twelve. Pac-10 at that point, teams in, and then beat them both. <laughs> that was yeah. big. And the yeah, Cal was game was were, the one where they brought in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. He didn't start that game. Yeah, something else. Played. Something else. But anyway, that's history. 
Nice. Dr. Chris Hill joining us here in studio. Uh, so of all the uh, of all the things that happened uh, when you were there, is there a moment that's important to the program that isn't a game that you take pride in? I mean, you're being honored for 31 years of mm-hmm. service, and so from hiring a coach to building a facility to, you know, those are all non-game moments, and yet they're really important moments. Yeah, I, it, that's easy for me. I mean, the the tension, the anxiety for about three or four days when we were right on the cusp of getting into Pac-12 was sure. absolutely no question. Yeah. You know, that was a, a fun a fun time. I, I look back on it. I, mean, I snuck to San Francisco to meet with Larry one time. We we're going to meet in a restaurant. He says, well, let's go meet in a law office. And I went, ooh, this could be better than I thought. You know, so I get there like four hours early, and I'm walking up and down and trying to figure out I'm nervous as heck, you know, and I'm trying not to get, you know, people know, but, you know, I was delivering the message for us in Colorado because if they got caught, they'd get in trouble. We got caught, everybody go, oh, well, it's Mountain West, they want to be there. So that was an unbelievable moment in so many ways. It was just, you know, four, three, four days at the very end. It was tense the whole time, but the very end was just fun because we kind of knew we were going to get in or we were pretty sure once Texas you know, pulled the trigger and didn't go, which most of the people in the business told me they wouldn't go. So that was nice. So that was it. Can't one, complain. One of the things I think that has got to be stressful, and we've been talking about this with the basketball, and you told us in the commercial break you were at the game last night, and, and Utah has had such a glorious mm-hmm. basketball tradition to where we, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about it for years. You can go every generation, no matter how old you are, and it's experiences some extreme highs, obviously, Final Four would be mm. right up there. But there's all great times, no matter how old you sure. are. And here we are looking like, unless they really pull it together, that they would not make the tournament for four years in a row, which, you know, they've got all these facilities and everything, and they're in the conference. So it seems unimaginable. So my thought for you, to me, because of the youthful nature of the program, I think Larry should get it next year. But they're somewhat debatable about that. And I'm not going to ask you whether Larry should be sure. fired or not. What I want to know is how do you know – when it's time to make a change at coach and a coach because you've done it i think what two three times in football three four times in basketball and by and large they were the right decisions well you know i'm a little naive on this you know there's all the measurements and attendance whatever but this this is simple and i told the staff if you ask yourself this question if if the coach came in and announced said i'm going to retire or i'm going to resign would you be happy would you kind of not care, or would you be dancing on the tabletops? Uh-huh. And I tell you what, you know that. I mean, you're sitting in your building here, and there's probably some people. If they they resign, you'd say that's great, you know. <laughs> and if they and if they w- want to go, and they're great, you're oh my god, what am I going to do? Uh-huh. So you really kind of you do all together, and you really have to ask yourself that question, you know. After all, you know, and how they're doing defensively, and do they have people? You have to have all those things checked, and you get down to the kind of end, and you're sitting there going, okay. This person came in and resigned. How would I feel? And you think, man, I'd be relieved. Then you have to be honest with yourself. You say, well, I want to give him one more year for this or that. And all of a sudden you say, well, Louie is, is, is our starting uh, offensive guard in football, and I'm going to go tell his dad that, you know, I know your son only has one senior year coming up, but, you know, I know our coach should go, but I don't want to take any crap from the media. So I'm, I'm just going to let your son kind of have a bad senior year. It is that corny. You know, you get down to it and, you know, there's not a decision I made with letting somebody go that that it wasn't obvious to me. You know, it, it just, you know, 
because you know, you yeah. know, and uh, half the time you open a hood and it's not as good under as you thought. So, you know, it, it's, it's not, I don't want to trivialize it because there's all these other things, you know, attendance, money coming in, all that stuff, you know, how the kids are doing in school, all that. But you kind of add that up and it's a decision. There are a lot of decisions for the Pac-12 to make as a conference, and there are a lot of stories out there about uh, schools losing money and the conference falling behind in revenue. And PK asked me a question about the TV deal the other day that I was surprised was still a question in his mind, and he was surprised it was an answer in my mind. We want to run all those by you. We will do that next. All right, there is Chris Hill in studio with PK and I. We have a little more of that conversation coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, as promised now, more of our conversation with Chris Hill. He's in studio uh, a little more than a week ago talking about where college athletics has been, where it's going. 31 years as AD, he saw a lot of changes, and there are more coming. Here's PK and I with Chris. Utah Athletic Director, former Utah Athletic Director. Man, it's hard for me to say that even now. Dr. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hill. A, uh, I've been here a long time, and you were the AD the whole know, time. You I got know. hired a few years in front of me. It was all yeah, I knew. Yeah. Former Utah Athletic Director, Dr. Chris Hill in studio. Going to be honored at halftime of the Cal game uh, for 31 years of service, uh, but we didn't want to spend the whole time looking back. We want to spend sure, some time good. looking forward. There are headlines out there, there are storylines out there, and I'm curious what you think about attendance in college sports. We know the home viewing experience is so cool. I don't have to pay for parking. The stuff's much less expensive in my fridge. Yeah. The HD screen is awesome. The replays are awesome. I can channel surf if the game gets bad. I can watch one game right after another after another. We know all of that. And that impacts everybody. But then I see a couple schools, Stanford and UCLA. <sighs> I saw a Stanford game, and I thought there are ten to 15,000 people there. I, you know I root for San Diego State forever, mm-hmm. and they got attendance issues mm-hmm. playing in the stadium way, way too big, and they're going to rebuild it. And I thought, that's a San Diego State crowd. But it's, it's the Pac-12. Yeah. And yeah. I asked Dirk Facer, or I was talking to Dirk Facer about it. I said, did you see that? He said, not only that, I know somebody there from all the years of traveling. And I called and asked, and they said it was 12,000. That you're exactly right with the 10 to 15. And the Rose Bowl, acres of empty seats. <laughs> Can you recover from that? You had to build the attendance. We were talking about those Cal and Oregon games in the last segment. You gave away tickets. It was a frozen yogurt place, I think, you partnered with. And you gave it away to get people to experience. They had a good time. They came back. Attendance took off. How confident are you? Because that's a bad look for the conference at a time. We can get to the other negative stories, but that's a that's a bad look for the conference. It's a terrible look, and and, and uh, our league happens to be one of the ones that it's going to be a struggle with, and I don't want to downplay other places in the country, but there's a lot to do in the towns in this city, and there are a lot of pro teams. You think about that, in the mm-hmm. SEC, there aren't pro teams in their city, and they can drive. You know, if, if we could drive to uh, L.A. reasonably like four hours, you know, UCLA would have a lot more attendance. Yeah. But... You know, uh, I'm worried about it. I, I, I think you're right. I think men's basketball's in trouble uh, in general, especially, uh, you know, teams that aren't doing great. And But Stanford is is an awful thing. They were ranked 
one year with they and Arizona were playing, it was not quite that empty, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, nowadays you got to win big to have people want to go, or you have to have the right size stadium so it's a valuable product. And most uh, football stadiums are shrinking. Uh, basketball arenas are way too big. When we put the uh, curtains up there in the basketball and you had 7,000 people there, it's really cool. You know, so uh, I'm really worried about it. Uh, I think, unfortunately, not everybody can win. So if you win at a high level, people are going to go because they can celebrate and do things they can't do at home. And that, again, is uh, not an easy thing. But about the marketing and all that, I, I, God bless them, and I think that's great. But if, if you don't win, I mean, you'll see with these guys here. You know, jazz. there'll be empty seats that people don't want to come to. But when they win, man, it's nuts. Yeah. You know, when they lost Haywood and all of a sudden Mitchell became somebody, boom. Woo. All of a sudden the marketing yeah. was better. Not to disparage the marketing people. but No, but you know, I, I've, winning I've, is the best marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, And everybody can act what they want. Greg Marsden always said, hey, we were never any good in, in gymnastics and never went to the NCAA championship years ago. Nobody would come. Right. You right. know. Everybody loves a winner. Doesn't matter yeah, where you are. Right. Who you are. Yeah. Let's 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 make that clear. <laughs> make sure you find ways to win. You know, right. The last year or so, the conference Pac-12 has really been taking a lot of heat. I mean, there's been a couple of guys in the media that seem like they're they're after them, and they're not going to rest until Larry Scott is buried, metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that he you know he gets clobbered, and part of it, uh, unfortunately, I was one of the more feisty ADs about certain things. And I just, I kind of believe that there wasn't a chance for those of us on the ground to think out loud with them. You know, we, we got the contract, uh, you know, late night is what the biggies need. They paid us, we need the money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there seemed to be no adjustment during the whole thing. We're gonna have these six uh, stations, regional stations, we're gonna have this. Can I ask the question, uh, maybe if we reduce the price at Comcast, would that help DirecTV come in and we still make the same money but get more exposure? Gotcha. That can't be asked. No. No, it can't be asked. And, you got you know, reprimanded, you, basically, didn't yeah, you? you got, yeah, you got enough money. And, and you're looking at our, our local our games. Uh, we play Colorado. Why can't we split uh, the sponsorship? We all know those sponsorships aren't allotted, those games like that. And can we just send it back to our Learfield and have them sell it? Maybe we make more money there. That's what the uh, Big 12 does that. They have third-tier rights that are owned by the schools, and they do it on their own air. But, you know, the good side of this is you can get Pac-12 games a lot of places in the West, you know, but you also can be disappointed, you know. Kathy and I went someplace my first year out, and we went to – I like him, Jimmy Buffett, and so we went to Jimmy Buffett in in Orange County in whatever – not Orange County, L.A. with Universal to watch the game. I thought – Wow, that's interesting. And there was a soccer game on TV on the Pac-12 network, so I was really confused that our football. <laughs> no, I'm not. So anyway, that, but the problem I think is that we have to accept where we are as a as a, a geographical area for mon- money. We're not going to get what they get at some of those places, and we also got to figure out that you know the schools got to help support. Is it worth the University of Utah to put four four million dollars into our program or have us be bad? You know, I mean, uh, people that are on the faculty, people like that, cringe at that. But at the end of the day, frankly, they always tell me, if, you, if you're going to have a program, you better be pretty good. Yeah, no yeah. sense being bad. It's, it's worse than anything. Sure. 
So I'm curious with the TV deal and going forward, because the game times and not knowing the game times is one thing it seems like all season ticket holders complain about. Right. So why not use kind of an NFL model where, because I think going into the season, you largely know who's good, who's mediocre, and and Mm -hmm. where the best games are going to be. Right. And so how come you can't put a couple games and say you're going to be in the 130 slot-ish, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be in the 5 or 6 o'clock slot because... You're Oregon, right. so when you play Washington, you play USC. We already know those are the marquee right. games. And, and you're okay, so we're going to need you in the 830 slot. And you could kind of lay out the schedule, and if you gave ESPN and Fox, I don't know, five or six of those flex dates like they do yeah. for Sunday Night Football, then people would at least ballpark know. Is even that kind of stuff? Can you discuss that? Well, that's the trouble, at least when I was in, in the group a couple of years ago, is that you'd think that was a good idea, mm-hmm. and then it couldn't go anyplace. You know, and the presidents, God bless them, they got a lot worse to worry about than TV slot sure. times. So it kind of, you know, uh, you know, one of the big disappointments is you couldn't c- come in and see these ideas. And it was it's unique for me because my my son, who's he's a lawyer but not doing it, he's uh, with ESPN with strategies. You know, he's in the table when they talk with DirecTV with ESPN. And he would tell me stuff, and I just roll my eyes. I go, oh my god, and uh, <clears throat> we need a partner. We need a we need a big guy partner, big boy partner, because they can pressure, you know, ESPN or Fox maybe can pressure Directv to to cover us or sit down with the Pac-12 knowledge people and say, listen, we're used to selling and this is what it's going to be worth. And there are no tricks. I always tell everybody, you're marked at your ratings, you're this, mm-hmm. you're that. I mean, you know, everybody has the numbers. Everybody has the numbers, and you know, you guys are lucky. You're one above the number you need, and you drop one more, you guys are done. But you know, it's nice. Yeah, that's for sure. That was yeah. a wise guy thing. Okay. No, I got yeah, I got it. I got no, you. No, yeah. We live it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, winning and losing is the same thing. Yeah. 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 It's the uh, principles the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I I think the thing that uh that that concerns me, you know, I've been a Pac-12 guy my whole adult life, Pac-10 obviously. <clears> and we hear of stuff that right now, okay, the gap is this the differential between b- the other conferences, obviously SEC and maybe Big Ten and so forth. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm making a no, uh, uh, my fingers and hands apart here that you can see in Radio Land. I'm showing a distance between the Pac-12 and well, the other Well, it was conferences. $10 million. It's supposed mm-hmm. to go to so, 40 I mean, yeah. where are we going yeah. with this? What can be done? Because if it's, if it's not good now, well, tomorrow, metaphorically, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The logic would seem to be that would be the case. So what can, what can the conference do to mitigate that stuff? Well, they, you know, we got to do something with the TV and stuff. But we have to admit that we're not going to get there. But if you're close enough, right, right. there are enough good players. Right. Big-time coaches, if you look at all the coaches that were hired this year, there wasn't a Power 5 head coach that went to another. So you're not going to lose a coach that way. Well, Leach did. Yeah. I mean, okay. But in, in a way, that's kind of... Uh, an outlier. I think. Thank he's, you. He's it's, an outlier. He's an outlier, right? <laughs> and, you know, so <clears throat> the trouble is losing your top coordinators. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You know, and I think that's a struggle. Uh, you're going to have defensive coordinators who are making $2.5 million and they're going to say, you know, I'm not going to go to another job. Yeah, Unless I, mean, I th- go this, to Alabama this, or this Georgia. This very week, ASU lost a defensive coordinator right. to Syracuse. Right. And they want to say, oh, he, they say, and I'm a devil, Sun Devil, so I'm paying attention to it. Well, he's going to be closer to home. His mother lives in Florida. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's closer than well, Tempe. Yeah, yeah. You, but, you, I mean, you, you don't do your research because then you really understand what's going <laughs> on. You know, but, but it's getting a pay raise. Yeah, yeah, and it's a pay raise. Maybe it's a chance to see that maybe that team's winning or whatever. But it's a pay raise, and they're going to stay there. And if the guys got another offer, they got coffers. They said, "Ah, here's another four hundred thousand, and we love you." Yeah, you know, yeah. here's an extra car, we love you. Right, right. And so, you know, there's enough good players out there that I have some faith we can be good, but. But uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna make a real pressure on what coaches you make, which is you know the problem of what everybody's paid. So you know we need antitrust somehow. I don't know how we do it. Yeah. Are there uh, coaches you think as this money gets huge, where at some point it's more about quality of life and people want to stay in the West because they're from the West? Maybe we see a little bit of that with Kyle Whittingham. You see a little bit of it with Chris Peterson. Uh, but is that a trend that'll trickle? It will always be a handful of head coaches, or will it become most head coaches, and even lots of coordinators. Once you're realizing I'm making a million bucks, I might as well live where I want to live because of family, whatever. Well, it's about winning, right? Yeah. And uh, your career lasts longer if you're winning, and you're in a place you got it figured out, like Kyle does. I, I think, you know, things could always change with injuries and another coach come in, whatever. But Mark Few is the example. Okay. Got it going. Not making as much as somebody else. Loves where he lives. You know, that's why I said, uh, you know, power fives don't leave. Now, if, if you're going to go from one place to, like, the five top ones that are always winning big, that may happen because, you know. But if you're making what these guys are making, it's got to be a lot to move you because you just go back and you leverage your AD and your president and you make another half a million dollars and we call it a day. <laughs> How much is it its perception? Because it seems like nationally anyway the the Pac-12 gets dumped on and just the fact that it's not on direct TV seems like mm. well you're not big time yeah that's why i said we can you can you look at another way of funding the Comcast and the DirecTV? And, I understand. Yeah. You know, can't we have that discussion? Because, you know, uh, my son and I would talk about it. I said, okay, so you put your home up for sale. It's a wonderful home. You love it. You care so much about the home, but nobody's bought it in four years. Maybe, maybe you have a price too high. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and Probably. so, you know, I mean, that, that's the deal. You know, and, and with having no leverage except us by our own, Sounded like a great idea. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to beat the heck out of, you know, Larry, but, uh, you know, it, it, things really changed. It might have been a good idea right about then, but we were we just missed the curve where you could do some things on your own. But it's happening TV. Standalone stations don't exist. Right. Yeah, they need some support. And, you know, I, I do think that people love living in this area. And, you know, we're from Jersey. Would you want to live in Jersey? and? And I don't. make more money, or would you rather live in Utah? You yeah, know? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my deal. Yeah. So scheduling is a huge question mark, and it's really dicey because you have to do it so many years out. But there's a logic that says you've got to bring in big-time opponents because that's why season ticket holders want tickets, and that's what brings them. And then there's a logic that says, well, if you lose a non-conference game, you know, the, it's like the whole league was sunk because Oregon – Lost uh, right. Auburn. Now, that wasn't even a home game. That was a neutral right. site right. game. But it was like the whole league was <laughs> sunk right from week one. Uh, yeah. so, so you just play a bunch of patsies and pile up the wins because they just take the four teams with the most wins anyway. Strength of the schedule right. might come into play if you're 12-1 and one and they're 12-1 and one who had the tougher schedule. Maybe then. Yeah, if you're a Pac-12 team and you, you get good attendance, uh, you know, we, we were able to play a, a lesser schedule than a UCLA because our, our folks are – uh, understand the big picture and et cetera. But you go three and oh, 
to start the year, you're nationally ranked no matter who you play. You know, we beat Weber the year we went to the Sugar Bowl, and not by a lot. And so if you want to, if you're Utah and you want to play in the championship game, you probably know that you're not going to go undefeated in the Pac-12. You know, that would be, you guys are nodding your head, I hope you agree. Well, nobody has since it's gone right. to 12. So the odds are going, you know, and if you have two losses, there's you're, no way a Pac-12 team is going to get in. So the question is, if your goal is to go to the championship, which maybe is is growing more and more and more, which I hate to see, you got to be three and zero non-conference in the in the Pac-12. Now, if you're you're going to play in the Rose Bowl, which you know some of the people said, oh, I don't want to go to the playoffs. I want to go to the Rose Bowl. I felt the same way as a fan, uh-huh. you know. But you can always play a tougher team then to help you grow a little bit and make your schedule and help your attendance. So it's kind of like unless if your goal is to. Win the uh, go to the Rose Bowl, then you can toughen up the schedule. Yeah. Mark's done that, and I kind of like that, you know, because the odds of going through a season with only one loss with the type of teams we play is really, really hard, you know. And then winning the Rose Bowl game is hard. So, I mean, the uh, Pac-12 championship. Right, game. I got you. So you know, it's so you. What like, is your goal? You yeah. like seeing Baylor and Florida? Yeah, on yeah. The schedule. I, I think I was when I when I first was in there. I'm saying, you know, we we just got to win. You know, we yeah. can't go one and two in non-conference and then face the schedule because fans aren't going to understand. And and I, you don't want to say this disparaging to the players. It takes a while to fill a football team with Pac-12 players. You know, and and you don't want your your butt to be clobbered those first years because then you you know we always said we, we just don't want to be in the Pac-12. We want to be somebody. You know, and it's it's proven out that we didn't schedule ourselves where we were going to get damaged. But I think it's time now to maybe play another, a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, and I agree with what that that. And we scheduled Baylor before I left, and I thought, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you see changes coming about in terms of maybe expanding so we don't we have to worry about that, the non-league? Basically, it'll be irrelevant in a sense because they'll have, if you win the Power Five, you're going to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's what everybody wants. Again, you, the, the careful part is, of course, all the older bowls are dead. I mean, they're, they're just – I can say it now because, you know, I, Christmas Day we played in Las Vegas and I got in trouble with them because I said, you know, nobody's coming. It's Christmas Day and our stadium's Rice-Eccles and Rice and Eccles aren't coming. So you <laughs> tell me, right? And so – You literally you know, said that to them? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, they, <laughs> they, yeah, that was my trouble, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, my staff said, you better send them a bunch of shirts and T-shirts and all this stuff. <laughs> and tell them we're really going to sell it out and blah, blah, blah. But I, I couldn't resist. I'm going, you guys, don't tell me we're going to fill this place on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, please. Oh, I remember that. You know, we yeah, try, everybody's yeah. trying to say that, and I'm going, you know. And so I said I was honest as hell, and I had fun with that line. So Well, they good. got off of that day. There's no, yeah, no football Yeah, but it was a day. joke. But anyway, back to the thing. I'm afraid that, you know, the more you go, I think it makes some sense uh, to have every Power 5 champion go. Right. But – does that diminish the regular season even more and more and more? You know, I hope not. You know, like basketball's had so many in now that the regular season is important, but not crazy important. Yeah, but I think we're college, we're football crazy. Oh, and, it's going to be there. College oh, football no, is no. so everyone makes such a big deal about it. Yeah, so, I, I might, yeah, we're going to be. I at, actually think it can enhance it. Oh, we're going to be at then eight. you can play real yeah. games in the non-conference and not have to sweat it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it'll go to eight. You know, now with all the pay the players and all that, which is important nowadays, you know, you're going to dump another game, although it's only on 
four more teams uh, and not provide more resources for them. It's not as much a money grab in my mind. It's just that's the right thing for college football right. to play eight games. Right. You know. I mean, why does the SEC need more money? <laughs> yeah. Raiders are putting an NFL stadium in Vegas. Is that going to be a boon to football with the Pac-12 title game and neutral site games early in the season, the way Vegas has been a boon to college basketball, especially the conference tournament? I think that has a chance. You know, I was, I was uh, lost on a 111 vote because I wanted the championship game to be at the highest home field of the highest-ranked team, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, because I felt it would be a packed house and et cetera. But, and I'm being, again, a little uh, hopefully not negative, but it was like cool to play at a pro stadium or cool to play at, yeah. you know, that type of thing because all the other big leagues were doing that. And I thought, you know, this gives our chance to the very best team to win the league championship because they earned to be in the blessed place and have our best league champion be their for the ranking get in so but uh, i mean i think it's it's going to be great because vegas people go to vegas you know and uh well not me because the vegas people don't let me go anymore but uh i think it's a great opportunity it's the one thing i can't save it and it's century locate all those things that happen yeah they've created a little bit of a following because i was concerned originally with basketball mm-hmm. but it's been fine i mean yeah. especially with if arizona's halfway decent because yeah. that's all they yeah. got there yeah and, it's yeah i've spoken like an asu guy <laughs> but i agree with you well i i don't like either of those places especially <laughs> global warming it's oh i'm a politician global warming i don't want to live in arizona you gotta be kidding me all parts of the year you live there well yeah for two months maybe but um no, maybe three, but it, it's uh, an interesting concept. You know that that it's centrally located. People want to go there, and they can also sit here in Salt Lake City, and you're you don't get a buy to first round. You win. You say, hey, let's go. It's right. Thursday now, let's go. Yeah. Right. You can go. Right. Right. You know, and you can do that in San Diego. You can do it in a lot of places, which yeah. we've seen and you've yep. seen over the years with the Wack Mountain West that happened yep. all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Anytime Wyoming won, the amount of yellow that showed up on Friday and Saturday yep. was through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. There's PK and I with Chris Hill. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.